peaceful conversation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good, very good. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started, and because we're not smart enough of ourselves to communicate the realities of what needs to be communicated, if you don't mind, let's bow our heads and ask God to um, be with our conversation. Our Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your grace and mercy. We want to thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. And Lord, uh, you see each one of us, you see those who are going to be watching and partaking in this conversation. And we pray for wisdom that is beyond our years. We pray, Lord, that you will restore homes and families. You will strengthen relationships that need to be strengthened. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, and we claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. Amen. So I just want to thank all of you guys for joining me on this panel. I'm excited about the discussion that we're going to have tonight. I know that I have received some questions already, but I think for the most part, we're going to be able to cover what we need to cover in this time frame. So I'm looking forward to it. So before I be, before we keep going, I think everyone needs to know who you are and just tell us your, your name and then where you guys are from and how long y'all liked each other and things like that. <laughs> I will start, we'll start with Glenn and Akila. Hello, my name is Glenn, Glenn Ballard, my wife Akila. Um, we are currently uh, based out of Western Massachusetts. Um, I'm a general contractor or aspiring general contractor and I chiefly do remodeling work on old New England homes and I have a burden for self-supporting work. And uh, are you asking how we met now or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah, so, hello, um, everyone. My name is Akila Ballard, and I my field uh, is in accounting. Uh, right now, I work as an accountant for a nonprofit here in Western Mass, and I have been a Christian for ten years uh, now. Been baptized ten years ago, and since then, I've been involved with several different ministries. Uh, different ministerial projects and yeah I just have a love for uh doing the work as my husband says and right now we're actually working together on a project and so we're really excited about that and um yeah very nice so real quick how long you guys been married been married five and a half years all right very good very good uh Uche Rochelle well my name is Uche Makawulu. Try to say that three times real fast. <laughs> this is my wife, Rochelle. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, myself, been um, Christian for about 12 years. Um, me and my wife are, uh, you know, we self-employed. So we, you know, we do different type of work, administrative type things. But our passion is really ministry. Um, we love ministry, stepped out into full-time ministry a couple years ago. And um, so we're just working on uh, different things. And you want to tell them how long we've been together? How long ago we met? Well, um, no, it's going to be five years. We've been married in May coming. Um, and we've known each other for about seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys were married well, in May? Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful month. I wonder why. I wonder why. Very good. Very good. Uh, Brother Monet, Sister Kalina. 
Okay, great. Yes, so my name is Monet and uh, my lovely wife, uh, Karina. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we have been married for about eight years, right? Eight years, yeah. Wow, that that was quick. Eight years, (laughs) we've known each other for roughly about 10 years now. And, um, And we met in the beautiful state of Florida and got married in May. And uh, also as well, March. so March. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm just testing out. See, she just <laughs> <get> attention. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so you good? Okay, great. So um, yeah. So tell us more about um, how we met. Uh, hi everyone. Well, we met in school at university. We were both studying. And uh, he was studying interior design, or sorry, he was studying graphic design. I was studying fashion design. Mm. And uh, long story short, we left and we're doing full-time ministry now. Yeah, so we're currently located in New York. All right. Very good. Very good. Now, Sister Sharetta, I know, we know Brandon is there. Like, we know, we know that seat is for him <laughs> right now. If you can speak yeah. for the both of you, you know. Yes, my, you know, my amazing husband has taken on the nighttime routine with our son. So um, he wanted to make sure he still did that. Um, well, like you said, my name is Sharetta. My husband's name is Brandon. Um, we, this August, we'll be married for five years. We've been together for seven. Um, we live in Pennsylvania, like just outside of Philadelphia. Um, we met at school, uh, at, at college, and... Um, uh, we start, he started out, he works in community development um, work. He studied urban regional planning and I used to work in corporate America for um, a telecommunications company, but I resigned so I could be home with our son. Um, so that is my full-time job now is caring mm-hmm. for our son. And um, we also share the burden and the passion for seeing healthy relationships, healthy marriages, healthy homes. Um, and we, when we're not doing the day-to-day stuff, we're trying to, you know, talk about that with as many people as we can. Amen. Amen. No, I, I don't know if anyone else has a book on relationships, but I know you guys recently published a book. So this is okay to put a, a plug in there for the book. Tell us the name of the book. <laughs> what it's about. Yeah. Um, thank you, brother. <laughs> um, we need we did we just published a book called tokens of love and it's basically a 31 day devotional that goes through 31 different couples in the bible and their love stories so abraham and sarah um but also the lesser known couples like abraham and yakobed um and each uh day gives you basically a lesson or token to take away from each couple and then there's also a, a question for like journaling and reflection about what it's teaching you about God's love for you and then a discussion question for couples doing the book together so uh yeah we just released that in last year yeah so that's available now tokensoflovebook.com all right very very good so tonight I do want to uh we're going to have some questions at the end so if you are listening and you have questions in regards to relationships and different things like that, please feel free to put it in the, on the Facebook feed here, or if you're in the webinar component, you can put your question there, and we will ask those questions if they're appropriate uh, near the end. Uh, 
in the meantime, before we get there, I'm interested. We're going to start with Glenn and Akila. You know, how, what kind of drew you guys together? Because we're talking about Christian couples. We're talking about people that are looking forward to the second coming of Jesus. Um, and I know young people are interested in these relationships and things. So how did you guys, how were you drawn together? And, you know, go ahead and throw that out there for you, for us. All right. Well, I'll start from what drew me to Aquila. So I have a friend. His name is Mark. He used to be a personal trainer. I'm not sure if he, if he still does, does personal training. But I visited him at a gym he was working at, and he was telling me about a week a prayer, a prayer week that they, they were having. And um, at, at our church. Yeah, at that church. And they were, he was discussing with me about the subjects that they were going to be presenting. And next to the subjects, they actually had the names. So I saw Akilah's name on the piece of paper. And I don't know if it was a, a halo or something that drew me <laughs> to the name. But I saw the name. And out of all the names, I said, who's Akilah? And then he you know, told me that he, that they were, uh, her and her sister had just recently joined the church and she had one of the subjects. And so from that point on, when I was intrigued, like who was Akilah? Um, uh, also in addition, my mother was going to that church. I was not going to that church. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, my mother had saw her in the pew. And what did she say? She said something to the effect of uh, that she would be perfect for my son. So I found this out months after you know i had you know when we were when we were already started courting yeah yeah, yeah. i found that out. out yeah and um so i first met her when they were, we had an all-night prayer meeting down in monticello georgia and again I, by this time at this time i didn't know i didn't see her i hadn't seen her face i just knew her name and mm -hmm. she walked in with her sister and a couple of other people and i said that must be akila mm -hmm. and so that's where i first met her and that's what what drew me to her um, initially, especially the all-night prayer meeting, um, it was her love for the Bible and her desire to follow God wherever that led her. So mm. that was something that really drew, drew me to her. Very good. Sister Keela? <laughs> okay, so for me, I actually, I was going to uh, my church and there was an elder there that sent send out emails, uh, you know, once in a while. And he had sent out this email showing of a video video clip of these young men and they were doing evangelism and so they were going door to door doing literature evangelism they were actually called legs literature evangelist gathering souls <laughs> so i was really impressed uh by that because at the time i was new to the church and i the church i was going to just had a larger older uh population and so I didn't see a lot of young men there. And to see young men who were just on fire for God was something that was, you know, something just very new to me. So it was something that was very, um, you know, just kind of just stood out. And so we have this mutual friend, Marcus, Marcus Lackey, that does the personal training. And he would always invite my sister and I to do to go to all night prayer meeting. Uh, and I had turned him down a couple different times. But then one day, it was a Friday evening, I came home from work and I said to myself, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. It was just like, you know, I really want to learn my Bible better. And so that 
same night they were having uh, the all night prayer meeting was once a month. So I called up my friend and, you know, told him I was interested in going. And so we all went there, my sister and I and his family, we all went to the prayer meeting. And when Glenn began to speak, it was just kind of like an immediate attraction. At first, I think <laughs> him and, you know, his brothers and some of his friends came in and I was like, immediately, I recognized them from the video. I was like, oh, those are the legs guys. <laughs> and, you know, as the night, <laughs> as the night uh, kind of continued on, we were getting into different study topics. Uh, Glenn started to present, and it was just kind of like an immediate attraction after that, after just hearing him speak and kind of present God's word. So that's mm -hmm. what drew me. Drew All right. Me All right. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken notes. I have a I have a, a principle that I've learned thus far. I'm going to hold that until the after. Sister, okay. sister, sister Rochelle, brother Boucher. Well, um, me and Rochelle uh, met at a missionary training school in Tennessee. Oh. Um, I was uh, I was there for school, and I actually was supposed to go there a few years previous to that. Uh, but I ended up there in 2012, 13, 13, I think it is. So anyway, um, it, it was just kind of beautiful where I was at just in my life at that, uh, at that point in time, because um, I was kind of back to where I was when I first came into the church. When I first came into the church, I, I just kind of had this mindset that I just really um, I just really wanted to focus on my relationship with God, and I didn't really want to allow myself to, to become entangled in, in any relationship. A um, few years after coming into the church, I kind of got sidetracked with that. Um, and, um, but when I um, went to this missionary training school, uh, my mind was back there again. And there were a lot of, you know, beautiful young ladies there, but my mindset, like even she'll tell you that some of uh, the students that she knew there said, this guy's just really focused. He just focuses on, on his school. And so, um, so anyway, I, um, I kept hearing this girl's name mentioned by some of the other younger girls. They were like, Rochelle, this Rochelle, that Rochelle, this Rochelle, that. And I was like, who is this Rochelle that these <laughs> younger ladies keep talking about? Mm. And um, so one night, unbeknownst to me, she had come to the school to visit with a friend of hers whose son was attending the school. And so um, it was just like perfect when she walked into the cafeteria um, where the sun was at was it literally was like shining on that door at that very moment. So it was Mercy. almost like she was glowing when she walked in the door. Uh, I'm not joking either. <laughs> And, and all of a sudden, all of the girls were like, Rochelle, Rochelle. And I was like, this is the Rochelle that they're always talking about. So, so anyway, make a long story short. Um, we, um, I had not been, yeah, I had not been feeling well um, that evening. And I kind of came in late to Vespers. And they were like, you just missed an awesome Bible study. I was like, really? And I was I was like, who, who was teaching? And they said, Rochelle. I said, oh, she knows how to teach the Bible. And that really caught my attention because um, for me, um, I was, for me, like, like one of my qualities that I looked for in a woman was, was a woman that was spiritual and a woman that loved her word. 
And so when I heard that, that really caught my, that really caught my attention. And so, so anyway, um, she'll chime in here and kind of tell the rest of the story. Yeah, so um, as Uche said, we met at a school. Previous to going to the school, a friend of mine was teaching there and I knew a number of the individuals that were there. And at different times, you know, my friend that was actually kind of helping to run the school at the time, he was telling me about different students that were there, the different qualities, you know, kind of the potential he saw. And he mentioned Uche um, in one respect. And then someone else, when I was talking to them, they mentioned Uche. So I was like, okay, I, I kind of knew of him, but obviously not him. And so when we went to the school, I went for a weekend um, with a, a sister from church, an older lady. I went with her to visit her son. And um, we had Bible study, I think, the Friday night, and you weren't there. Mm -hmm. And then Sabbath morning, you know, when I came in, I've I had heard little things about him. You know, he was very studious. This is what one of my friends, um, Narlin, was sharing. And, you know, he said, oh, he has great potential and stuff like that. Not as it relates to us, but just in the Lord. So uh, anyway, when we met on that Sabbath, um, I don't think we said too much at all at that time. Um, but, you know, those who know Uche knows he has a sense of humor <laughs> and he's always um, very humorous and making others laugh. And so, you know, while we were at the table having breakfast that morning, he was talking and I was just listening and observing him. And so for me, what drew me to Uche was definitely his spirituality. Um, Uche is very you'll know what he's thinking. So he's very forthright, not in a rude way, but he's a person that knows how to express himself. And that was interesting to me, as well as his love for the Lord and the things that the other individuals were saying. So a number of the people at the school, they were like, yeah, you know, he's just focused. Somebody was like, yeah, you'll go into the room and he's just spread out praying. <laughs> and it's like, he just doesn't care. And those things I found um, to be attractive um, in the sense that, you know, just kind of going through life, you realize that, there are different things that can draw you to an individual, but I think in watching other relationships, I learned quickly that there's one thing that's really, really important if you want to have a successful relationship. And I saw that in him. And so that was, that was really attractive. And yeah. And of course, you know, I felt that he was handsome as well. I'll say it. And so Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Brother, Mon Brother Monet. Your, yeah. your wife has registered away there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> She's back. All right. <laughs> the, the, the little one is Roman. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we, we were at university in Florida. Um, but something interesting happened there. Uh, because whilst we were there at, at the school, um, I... I was uh, I, I got a little bit um, attracted to a young lady because of her interest in because she was a Christian. So not not like a relationship attractiveness, or it was just like oh it, it was interesting because I went to more or less of a liberal art school, so it was very liberal, and um, and so to find a Christian person there at the school was kind of interesting to find that, and so that kind of caught my attention. Um, just because I used to go to church, you know, I, I, still, I went to church on Sabbath at the time, uh, still, and also, um, I, uh, and, and also she was going to church too as well. So, but what was interesting about that was the fact that um, whilst we met I, met, I met Kalina, whilst I met her at the time, 
um, she basically asked me a simple uh, question because she saw that I would leave the dormitory and go to like church on Sabbaths, on Saturdays, um, you know, uh, every week. And she's like, where do, where do you go? Where do you go every week? I, I don't see you. You just dress up nicely and you just go. Um, I said, uh, um, I, I was kind of shy to explain to her why did I go? But I told her that, oh, I just went to, um, you know, I, went, I go to church. She's like, on, on Saturday? I'm like, yeah. She's like, why? I said, don't you know that Saturday is the Sabbath? <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> and, um, and so she's like, where is that in the Bible? I've never seen that in the Bible before. I've gone to church all my life. I haven't seen that in the Bible at all. I was, I'm like, it's there. She said, where? Can you show me? I said, um, Exodus 20. You know, that, that time I wasn't really reading much in the Bible at all. So it was very hard for me to come up with at least three Bible texts about the Sabbath. And, um, and so I just told her simply, the, you know, the commandments and so forth. And uh, she said, well, well, is that all? I said, well, you know what? Just, just, give, me, just give me a few days. Let me go back um, to my room. And uh, I will try to come up with an explanation for you why the Sabbath is um, biblical, right? Mm. And so I went back to my room and I remember at a time because I wasn't really a spiritual person, if you want to put it that way. Um, I more or less went to church as a regular child and then a regular you know, young man and then, um, and then went back home and that was it. That was my experience at all. So, so as I um, went back to my dormitory, I basically went to a website that I remember hearing when I was really, really younger. It was called Amazing Facts. And uh, I just happened to just Google it. And I, and I think that's probably the first time I've really Googled it. I just heard about it when I was younger growing up. And so I Googled Amazing Facts and then I put in Sabbath. And then I got all the studies on Sabbath there. And as I got all the studies on Sabbath um, from the website, I, I went through probably everything I could possibly read about the Sabbath. And I wrote the notes down on a piece of paper. The next day I told her, I am ready to show you about the Sabbath. <laughs> and uh, she was really, she was really still questioning this. And then we, we, we brought up issues of, she, she, she spoke about things like, about hell. So explain some more about how we met. It, it's really long, but I was born and raised Pentecostal. So, uh, and it was like a really legalistic Pentecostal small group. Um, so we didn't wear uh, pants, jewelry, you know, uh, makeup and things like that. So when I went to college, I was all free and everything like that. So when I heard the Sabbath question from him or the Sabbath um, topic from him, it was like my world came crashing with the heavens. And so I studied my Bible for 20 years of my life and I've never heard that before. And him bringing that to, to me, I asked him, well, I, how did I study the same Bible as you? And I've never heard this before. So of course I went back to my parents and they told me, don't hang around this guy. We know who seven Adventists are and they're cold and things like that. And so, you know, we never listened to our parents anyway. So I got more curious and um, that's how our relationship started is based on <laughs> heavy, heavy doctrinal truths for me. And um, the more I started to see his, his true personality, um, is, you know, all of a sudden we were studying together and we were, I guess, falling for each other or getting well, to know each other more. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it, it started off by doing Bible studies. But, yeah. You know, I was very focused on uh, my schooling and so forth. I wasn't interested in any girlfriends. I didn't have any girlfriends at university. So, and I spent a couple years there. So I was very focused on doing what I had to do. And, uh, but it was very interesting to find somebody very interested in church and the Bible and so forth. But that led us, her question in what I believe led me to study the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never really went through a Bible study before until I started to get Bible studies through Amazing Facts and do my own Bible studies to share with her. That was my intention. And then overall, you know, make a long story very short, um, we started to, uh, you know, we, we started to become very interested in studying together, very interested in each other. And then later on, um, things, you know, it was history then. And then we started to get involved in missionary work together. We started to get involved in knocking on doors and call portraits and canvassing and going from house to house and doing really getting involved in mission because we started to have a love for the Bible, a love for God's word, a love to share the gospel with others. And that's how we really started going house to house and so forth. And then later on, you know, we just we got married <laughs> and we've been there since. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Sharetta, you do have a husband. He's there. <laughs> no. Hello, everyone. Amen. Amen. You came right on time, my brother. Praise the Lord. Happy to be here. Yes, yes. So, so how did you guys meet? Um, we're doing the, all the nice things now. We're going to have the tough questions in a minute. <laughs> what drew you guys together? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess how we met, we, I, we first met when I was, when we were both in college and I was a sophomore at the time. She was a freshman. Um, she had just won a, uh, beauty, a scholarship beauty pageant on campus. And I had just joined a fraternity actually. So, uh, it was being, the beauty pageant was being hosted by that same fraternity. Mm. And, um, we can talk more about that if you want to talk about it, but, um, yeah, that's how we initially met because she won the scholarship pageant and then I was joining this fraternity and we met at a party. It was a high and by type of thing. And then a couple years went by, I was going through stuff, you know, she was having her own journey on campus and whatnot. And it wasn't until my senior year on campus when we were actually taking a class together that mm. we crossed paths again. And we ended up actually both dropping that class. But for some reason, our conversations after that class, um, after we both dropped, continued. And like they just, you know, our friendship started developing from that point there. And it was just kind of like a, um, a friendship that came out of nowhere. Um, I wasn't expecting it to happen. You know, I, I knew of her, but like, you know, I never thought that I would see myself in a relationship with her. And, you know, as the Lord was working on my heart at that point in my life, and I was going through a whole bunch of things um, just with, Find, figuring out who I am as a man and um, wondering what I'm going to do after college and all these questions and whatnot. I was really searching for God's leading in my life. And um, it just seemed like he was leading me to have conversations with Sharetta that were prompting more thoughts just about, you know, my future, about, you know, my history of relationships, like about who God is to me. And that ultimately led to us having you know, deeper conversations and me asking her questions. And, you know, from there, our friendship took off and I started reading more books about courtship and about relationships, just finding out what does God's word have to say about how to approach relationships. And, you know, shortly after that, I found myself just really seeing a attraction towards Sharetta um, in a way that was much more than 
what I had experienced even from that first interaction with her. And I was like, wow, like not only is she beautiful, but she's also, you know, in love with the Lord. And she also has a heart for serving him and for loving him and for um, just studying it, you know, studying his word. And so that was really what drew me to her. I'll let her kind of chime in from, um, from that point of what she experienced. Yeah. Um, I always say that when we first met each other, I, our eyes were close to each other because where we were at that point in our lives was a very different place than where I think God would have us. Mm. And um, it took, yeah, those two years in passing. At that point, I had already, um, you know, changed my life, changed my lifestyle. I gave my life back over to Christ. And I had also surrendered the area for relationships because mm. that's not really at least in my experience, something that I had thought about, I was still, I was saying I loved God, but trying to do my own thing and orchestrate my own relationships. And after things went really, really bad for me, I had reached this place where I was like, Lord, I I can't do this anymore because when I do it, it doesn't work out. It doesn't end out good. And so I'm surrendering this area to you. And I just want the next person that I meet and talk to, to be my husband. Like, I don't want to keep going through cycles of broken relationships. And so it was at that point when I made that decision that we joined that class, like he said, and we actually started to just talk more. We knew each other in passing, but we, we didn't talk. And um, we had casual conversations. And I, I think the, the one conversation that I think first got the ball rolling, I just felt comfortable going to him. I had to make a professional decision between like taking a job at one place or another place and I really didn't know what to do. And for some reason it came to my mind, like go talk to Brandon about it. Mind you, we never <laughs> spoke. We weren't that close of friends, but it was just like, talk to Brandon. So I'm like, okay. And I asked him if we could talk and we met up and my goal was just to say, hey, this is what my dilemma is. What do you think? But um, from that, from the jump, Brandon was just like, so tell, kind of like a tell me about yourself. And he started asking me all these deep questions. And the weirdest thing is that I'm usually a very like private reserved person, but I felt so comfortable talking to him and answering his questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the starting point for me to see that his heart and how trusting he was and mm -hmm. how easy it was to form a friendship with him. Mm -hmm. um, and then a couple, you know, months later or so is when I think he started to become interested in pursuing. And I was like, Lord, uh-uh. <laughs> I was really in this place of like, if he's not my husband, I'm not interested. Mm. And the more that I prayed that, the more the Holy Spirit was showing me his heart, how he was truly seeking God, how he was truly wanting to transform his life day by day to be more like Jesus. And that's what let me know that this is the one, he was the one that God had for me. And that's what you mean. Amen. Amen. I love all your stories. <laughs> I, I think I see a common, a common thread in them. It's that you guys, all of you were seeking God at some point in juncture, right? Um, and what you saw as an attraction in the other person was the loveliness of Jesus in them. You know, you, you saw, yeah. qualities that would be more eternal in nature. So you guys are still in your honeymoon phase. I, I know you are. <laughs> and because you're in your honeymoon phase still, I'm, I'm curious, uh, and there's a, it's a two-part question. Um, what do you see as the purpose of marriage? And then the second part of the same question is, what do you wish someone had told you before you got married that, that you found out once you got married? 
So should I direct the question to Monet first? Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One, these, are, these are powerful questions. <laughs> I like telling the start off and then I'll add in. Yes. Uh well, wow, there's so many things you can say, right? Yes. Uh, the honeymoon stage of the year. Yeah. <laughs> say it again. Uh, okay, it's probably delay. Oh, there's oh, a delay. Uh, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So one thing I guess that I get that I can say regarding uh uh what advice I could give someone coming in. It, there's a lot of factors, obviously, but for us specifically, we are in full-time ministry to Seventh-day Adventist uh, last day message movement. And so doing courtship and ultimate marriage goals and family goals under that factor is heavy and it's a lot. <laughs> and so um, there's a lot of factors that can go into that. But one thing I can say is mission goals oriented to that. So hmm. if the couple is seeking to do full-time ministry under the banner of the three angels message, um, mission and goals have to be prioritized, Christ-centered prioritized, because there's going to be a lot of sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice. And even though I want to say um, we've married each other for our benefits and, and so we can grow a family together and have a future, ultimately, ultimately, he's indebted to God and his ministry and God's ministry, and so am I. And so a lot of the times, I have to share my husband to that cause, to the mm. cause, to the mission, to that sacrifice. And, and, and he has to share me to witnessing to the cause, to the mission. And that is something I see in young couples or couples getting, you know, into marriage, struggling with, you know, mm. finding that balance. So if I can say one thing is to understand that even though it's going to be a beautiful marriage, we're getting married for each other and starting a, a family and, and goals to, you know, live out. It's, it's, it's a big sacrifice under the banner of full-time ministry under the three angels message. Okay. Uh, Glenn and Akila. <laughs> Same question. I would say the purpose of marriage for me, as I understand it, um, I would say that a lot of the things that we understand about God is through the things we see. So between nature and different experiences. And so as I've been married to my wife, what I've, what I've understood, I've been given a better understanding about God and his character, how he loves us and how his love is truly, it doesn't discriminate, it's unselfish and so on and so forth from forgiveness and uh, humility and just self-sacrifice and different things of that nature as we minister to each other. Um, I think the purpose of marriage is to reveal an aspect of our God that perhaps we could not have seen or perhaps certain individuals might not have seen otherwise. And so in our 
living together and ministering to each other, we're seeing uh, aspects about God's character, things that we don't have to do, but we do to make each someone else happy. So it's just, uh, so I believe God through the marriage is actually teaching us aspects of his character. And um, the second part of the question, I would say the thing that I wish that somebody had taught me prior to marriage that uh, I would, I experienced the marriage was probably the responsibility as a man anyway, you know, being responsible for someone else and leading the way and being consistent. Um, that's something that I don't think is touched on as heavily, at least I didn't experience that touch on as heavily in counseling was the responsibility of another soul. Mm. So to be consistent with God, to be surrendered to God, consecrated to God, it's something that's absolute necessity. And a lot of times you can get into marriage for very selfish reasons because you want to have kids or you just want to share your life with somebody, which on the surface, they don't sound uh, selfish, but you know, those things kind of come out in marriage at times. And so what I, like I said, I wish that somebody had taught me and kind of made that, that point very distinct in my mind because it's, it's a heavy responsibility. It's a blessing. And marriage truly is a blessing, but it's also a heavy responsibility. So if you are not responsible for your wife or other children being brought into the mix, you might want to reconsider uh, at least, you know, that step. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I, when I think about relationships, I just think about them kind of like a school wherein you are, you are learning about yourself because with any relationship, whether it's, you know, family, um, parents, friends, whatever it is, you're going to see different sides of your character through interacting with them. And I think marriage helps, helps you to see a different side of yourself that you're not going to be able to, to get to see in, in another type mm -hmm. of relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, that person sees you when you're most vulnerable. They, sees, they see your weaknesses. They see just your strengths. They see everything. And so, you know, with blending your life together with someone else day in and day out, it really helps you to see who you are and it helps you to grow. In, in your in your character and your walk with God and ultimately I just you know believe it's an object lesson that's given to us mm. by God for us to perfect our characters and to help us uh, to glorify him in our characters so I believe that is a purpose that that marriage uh, kind of is geared towards and as far as the other piece of the question uh, one thing that was an adjustment for me because I got married when I was 30, <laughs> 30 years old. So, you know, up until that time, you know, you're basically making your own decisions and you're not really, uh, you're basically, in, you know, you're an adult and you only, you're independent, right? And so I don't consider myself, you know, a stubborn, you know, person, but when it got to marriage and kind of learning the role of submission and, and that aspect of it, it was kind of uh, new and it was just an adjustment to make. So uh, yeah, I would say that that was something that I had to, you know, just get adjusted to coming into marriage. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Uche, Rochelle, same question. Um, yeah, you know, Akila kind of took part of what I wanted to say when she talked about the school aspect. 
you know, before I got married, I had been living with some roommates and I was living on my own. And I think when you're by yourself, you think you're just ready for translation. You know, <laughs> there's no friction there because you're by yourself. You come when you want to go, you, you leave. I remember a friend at the time, she had a little daughter and she would say to me, she said, Rochelle, you take it for granted that when you're ready to go to church, you can just get dressed and go. And she's like, it's not like that for me, you know, because she has to get her daughter ready and all of these things. And I, I thought about it, but I didn't really think too deeply about it. But I think being in marriage, it really helps me to understand that, you know, marriage is a school where God is really using it to refine you <laughs> and where you come face to face sometimes with the stark reality of who you are. So you think that you're ready to go and then God says, oh no, you're not, you're not ready to go anywhere through different interactions that happen. So for me, that's one of the biggest things that I feel like marriage, God uses it as that chisel, as that fire to to, to burn off the rough edges off of your character. And the other part of it that I, I guess I understood in some part, but maybe um, really getting it in its distinct sense is that every day, you know, with marriage, it really is a choice. You know, if you don't choose to make the marriage work, if you don't choose to be intentional about things, then things will just kind of fall apart if you don't do that. And I really appreciate just like in our walk with the Lord where every day you choose you recommit yourself to it. I think every day you do have to recommit yourself because there are some times when you may feel like maybe there's a disagreement and you're like, you know what, Lord, I just can't bother. And then it's like, no, you can't say I can't bother. You need to work this, you need to work this thing out. And so I really think if people understood beyond maybe the Hollywood kind of romantic side about the fact that it's a choice, even in the moments when you may not feel like it, you still make a choice. And then beyond that choice, then the feelings come after that where things, you know, kind of um, go as they ought to. But really, I think those two things kind of stick out for me. Well, for me, um, I would say the, um, and I'm going to be, uh, of course, uh, just the Holy Spirit, he all teaches us the same lesson. So I'll <laughs> slightly regurgitate some of the things that um, has already been said that I was going to say. But um, for me, definitely purpose of marriage. One of the things that I see is you get a wonderful opportunity to develop the, the character of Christ because um, rather than looking them, looking at issues that may arise as problems, they're really opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, they're opportunities to, to develop Christ likeness or to reveal Christ likeness to, to your significant other. And so, you know, um, when by God's grace, you know, we lay a hold of the righteousness of Christ by faith, um, you know, we're told that love is the fulfilling of the law. And then when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, it gives you all of these descriptions of what love is, right? Love is patient, love is kind. And so you, you get this wonderful opportunity when, when different issues may or opportunities may arise to actually grow up in Christ or even help to reveal Christ to an area of your spouse where there may be where there may be some hurt where there may be some brokenness from 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 their past life and 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 it's vice versa there there are things that God has done through my wife that has helped to heal areas in my life from from the past and vice versa so that's one thing i see is you get this wonderful opportunity to develop uh, Christ likeness, as well as I most certainly will agree that uh, you get an opportunity to see a reflection of yourself oh, yeah. because um, yeah, I mean, you really get to see what you're like, but then the beauty of that is, is that you can take what you're like to Christ and say, father, I didn't know that there was this unread chapter in my heart or in my life. And we can ask him to take that away. 
Um, the last thing that I'll mention as to what I wish that somebody would have told me is number one, um, that as a man, it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm. Because we live in a society to where, you know, for men, we're taught to be like macho, 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 and you know, don't, you know, wear any type of emotions on your sleeve whatsoever. And I can tell you in, in marriage, if, if there is an unwillingness to be transparent, to be vulnerable, then, then both of you guys are gonna be kicking against a brick wall. And so that's one thing most certainly um, that, that God has been teaching me. And, and the last that I'll mention that I wish somebody would have told me as well is that, um, is that marriage is most certainly day in and day out. It, it's, it's work if you want to keep the love fresh. I do believe that there is a point where the novelty of marriage can be over, but there are, there are new levels of love. There are new levels of freshness that can happen if you keep working at it. And, um, and, and so it's not what you imagine laying on the beach and your wife is feeding grapes to you and, no. I didn't see that, It's not like that, but it can be something very, very beautiful, but it requires, it requires work. But mm. there, there is, um, anyway, I, there is, there is um, satisfaction, let me say, to, to that work, especially when you see the fruits that come from it. Mm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Amen. All right. Very good. Brandon Sharetta. Is there anything left to say? No. <laughs> I was blessed. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, the purpose of marriage, it's been beautifully stated. I would just sum it up by saying it's to glorify God. It's one of the ways and one of the tools that God use, uses to bring him glory. And so I always say to myself that whenever someone sees a husband and a wife together or sees a couple, it should be a picture that points them back to the love that God has for them and for his church. And mm -hmm. that's really what we're here for, um, is to is to represent that, that symbol as Paul writes, um, that it is. And um, along with what everyone else said, God will then use it to also refine you because I do believe, yes, there are some things that you will not know are issues or problems until you have to live life with someone else. Um, so uh, the second part of the question I think was one thing you wish you knew before marriage. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I wish someone told me about that you would be loving and committing to someone even as they will change throughout the years. Um, to kind of explain that a bit, um, you know, you get married and I think the skeleton is there for the person is we look for those characteristics that, you know, would make a good spouse and that would build the foundation um, for a healthy relationship with someone. But um, you will change, you will change your preferences, your interests, things will change over time. And I think for me, you know, we're, coming up on our fifth year of marriage, we're very different than where we, than who we were when we first met each other, than when we got married, than when we were courting. And I didn't quite realize how to work through what it would be like to continue to love and commit to someone in the midst of those changes. Like mm. at the end of the day, I still love my husband. I'm still committed to him for life, but he is different. And so how do you respond to those, those changes and those differences that you'll see in your spouse as you go throughout life and more and more <coughs> together? I wish someone kind of told me about that. Mm. I've made it tough on her, y'all. 
I so I'll take a. I mean, I yeah, I don't really know how much more to add on the purpose of merit. I feel like everyone really touched on the the the, the points that I would have shared. But um, just to build on what my my wife was sharing there, that um, I mean, just the the fact that two completely different people uh, from two completely different backgrounds and makeups and just preferences and desire, like the fact that they can come together in in oneness and a marriage truly. Um, to me, it just really speaks of the, the, the power and of the glory of God to be able to do that, especially from our past. I know what I've, I know what I've been through and, you know, by God's grace, I've been able to, you know, learn what my wife has been through as well. And mm-hmm. so to see two broken people come together and possibly have oneness in a marriage to me is just a beautiful picture of God's glory and of what he's able to do in the lives of, of his children. And like that for me is like really the purpose of marriage. Marriage is to be, I believe, a ministry um, that truly, you know, ministers to people of the, of the grace of God, of the forgiveness of God, of the love and the passion, the intimacy that God desires to have um, with his children. So that's what first thing came to mind for that question. And then for the second part, uh, one thing I wish I knew, um, I wish I knew that the courtship never stops. Like, I really wish I knew that like, you don't just graduate from courtship to engagement and then to marriage. It's like, no, like that courtship, it continues throughout. And like that constant pursuit of your wife, that constant pursuit of your husband, like it doesn't just stop at I do. And I think that some men and some women can sometimes fall into that trap of, of thinking that, you know, those love notes that you used to write or those cards you used to send randomly or those flowers you used to buy on occasion every now and then, like that stuff shouldn't, that, that, those, those, those sentiments, those, those acts of service, those, those words of affirmation, like that, that shouldn't stop, um, you know, after you are now married. And, you know, I mean, like, I think that's what keeps that, like my brother was sharing about that, that, that love, it can be experienced in a, in a fresher way year by year. I feel like that's what keeps that love continuing to be fresh, continuing to be real and true and just genuine is that constant pursuit of one another. Amen. And I love it. I love it. I hope those who are listening who are not married yet or still in the early stages, I hope you're writing that stuff down. I mean, even in my, what's this, many years of marriage, that's the key part right there, that whole courtship thing. My wife was just telling me the other day, you need to take me out more, Andre. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> take me out more. Praise the Lord. So I, I, another question I, I have for you guys, um, again, you guys seem like very nice people right now. You look very well kept. Your face looks clean. You seem to be sitting next to each other. You seem to like each other a whole lot. That is so nice. Um, like you've never had a fight in your whole experience. I know. However, um, people have real problems and they have fights. And, you know, there are healthy ways to deal in an argument and there are unhealthy ways. Um, what would you give as suggestions when couples are having you know, this problem. Somebody wants to solve a problem, but it's just conflict, 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 and it's actually kind of bringing the parties apart versus bringing them together. I'm gonna to start with Rochelle and Rochelle on this one. Um, how, what are some ideas or principles that you would share with the couple that's constantly, you know, having these type of conflicts? 
So I'll go first. Um, for me, um, communication is king. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I say that is because, and, 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 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify that because you can have communication, but words can just be flying sure. and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. So when I say communication is, is, is key is um, one of the things that, you know, God had been teaching me previous to meeting my wife um, was, I, you know, I was working as a manager at UPS and um, sometimes when you're dealing with union and union employees, it can be a real headache. And I remember I was really angry one day. And I felt God asked me, why are you angry? And, um, and he began to speak to me and, and show me that the reason why I was angry is because I allowed those emotions to build without checking the emotion immediately. And so he gave me an opportunity, I think it was like a few days later after that. And, um, and I noticed that when I checked the emotion immediately, it, did, it, it was not given time to build up to something else. And so, so with my with my wife, one of the things that um, that we like to to practice whenever an opportunity arises is we like to we like to communicate about it, and we like to be open with each other. Um, what she may feel that uh, how she may have perceived the situation, how I may have perceived the situation, and 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 one of the things that we we like to do before even communicating with each other is we'll communicate with God first. Like we'll have we'll say a prayer. And then we'll talk to each other and we'll allow each other to be free in the way that we looked at that situation. And, and without allowing the emotions to build to, you know, to something else. And so that, that's one of the things that, that we like to, to do is to talk about it and don't allow any animosity or anything to build up. Cause you know, sometimes like if you allow that to happen, you know, Hours go by, days go by, and it just seems like the emotion is just continuing to build up, up and up and up, rather than kind of seeking to address it um, immediately. And uh, my wife, she'll share the next one. <laughs> yeah, I'll also say that um, I think you really have to really check your pride. I think that's just a really, really big one. Because I know often for me, so we communicate in different ways, right? Shay is the kind of person when something happens, he likes to communicate about it right away. Sometimes I need time to process the whole situation <laughs> and think about how I feel. I'm like, should you feel this way, Rochelle? And I feel like if I talk that at that top point in time, I may not say the right thing. I need to think about my feelings, whether mm -hmm. it's valid or not. And I do admit sometimes when I do that, it causes me to say, oh, maybe I don't need to talk about it. And it wasn't so big when I should actually talk about it. So I think it's understanding how people communicate and giving them the space to say, okay, I may need, you may be ready to go, but I need about 15 minutes or let me think about it and kind of process my thoughts so that I'm conveying it properly. So I think, I think that's been helpful, you know, in, in, in being able to do that. And I think the whole check-in of the pride situation, you know, sometimes I know when, whenever we've had disagreements, sometimes pride can rise up and you're like, you know what, Lord, just forget about it. But then you re remember your responsibility to God. That's why I go back to it in the beginning when you talked about what drew each other together. I think when a person has a sense of their responsibility to God, like there's no way you're going to go to devotion tonight and you haven't spoken to him about who are you praying to, you know what I mean? Is it really going to work? And I think because of that, 
that understanding of your responsibility to mm -hmm. God, it helps you to be more responsible to your spouse because mm -hmm. God, you just can't feel settled in your heart to come before God and you know that there's something that has not been dealt with. So I think that those have, have really been, been helpful. So I would say anyone, if you want to be able to relate, you need to make sure that your connection with God is where it ought to be because that's what help propels you sometimes to fix things that needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That wasn't what I thought she was going to mention. <laughs> There's another one, and it's actually been helpful to me, but somebody else may say it. <laughs> we'll make sure to come back to you if they don't say it, my brother. <laughs> Monet, Kalina. Yes, yes, wonderful, wonderful. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so what, what has really helped us a lot in terms of uh, uh, solving difficulties um, and things that we have dealt with, especially over the years, is, is the fact that we understand first our relationship to God, right? Um, spending time with God, spending time one-on-one -on -one in study, in, in communion, in prayer. Because sometimes, of course, we can get so busy. Sometimes you can get so busy in life where you forget that you have to really have a quality relationship with God. Because we realize that the more quality the relationship is to God, the more quality the relationship is to one another, mm. right? We're better able to solve difficulties. We're better able to... Um, you know, to be able to um, understand one another very well. And also, also being able to be very understanding, being able to listen, especially as a man. And, uh, you know, I grew, up in a, I grew up in primarily a West Indian society. So I understand how it is a little bit different from how Kalina may understand how, you know, how communication works. And I understand differently how communication works. And so... It was really, it's really an art, right? It's really an art to be able to, the same attention that I put towards something that I love personally, like I love to do different things, the same attention and love I have to put towards understanding her as a person and knowing how to work out the difficulties and learn the art of how she operates and how she works and how she communicates and how she loves to be listened to and how she likes to be spoken to and just really mastering that art and really using the, the benefits uh, um, the, the blessing that God has given to us to be able to understand one another very well and communicate very clearly. And just like what Brother Uche says, you know, it's not just talking. You, you, talking is not communication alone, you know. It's, it's everything. It's listening. It's putting aside myself, putting aside what I desire, putting aside, you know, what I think. You know, sometimes we may go into a relationship always wanting to um, let what I think dominate, but not really submit ourselves to say, you know what, let me, let me literally listen, listen it out. And also solving difficulties quick, right? Solving issues quickly. And I know that, um, of course, you know, um, don't allow your, you know, don't go to bed. Don't go to sleep angry, right? Um, don't go to sleep. You're sleeping on one side of the bed and the other person's sleeping on the other side of the bed, right? <laughs> and I know that I know what it, what it feels like. So don't go to bed angry, you know, go to bed solving difficulties. And the key thing that brought us together in a lot of difficult situations is the fact of prayer. I can tell you this for sure. Especially um, when, when the conversation may be a little bit heated, right? <laughs> Just say, you know what, let us pause and let us pray. And let us realize our responsibility to God first. And whenever God comes into the mix of all of this, guess what happens? We see the beauty of how these things get solved like rapidly, right? Mm -hmm. And so just by praying and say, you know what? We know we don't know how to solve this right now. We, we both submit ourselves to understand that, hey, we don't know how to, solve, how to solve this problem right now. I'm confused, you're confused. So you know what? Let, let's go to God in prayer. And when we pray and when we ask God to lead and direct us, 
we see wonderful things happen. And I'm telling you, prayer has solved so many problems that we are faced with, you know, in our lives and in our relationship. And that has even brought us even closer to one another. Because as we submit to God, we submit, we, we begin to love each other even more and begin to work situations out. And situations that used to be difficult before becomes easier now to handle. Um, just because of the, uh, the love that God has given to us and how love grows and, and develops even more. Yeah, there's been, it's, it, there's been hard times where uh, I would be crying, just crying about the anger and the frustration. My husband would just say, do you want to go pray? And I'd say, no, I don't want to pray. No, but I know in my conscience, my mind, we had to go pray. So stubbornly with tears and anger in my blood, I bow down with him and hold his hand and pray every time after that prayer. Now the prayer might come at the beginning of the, of the argument, or maybe it came in the middle, breaking up the argument, or maybe it came <laughs> at the end after the war and the battle done his damage, but the prayer ended up happening. And the more we grow in this, the more we realize how quickly we can check it through prayer and the power of God. That's, that's not in us. It's, you know, divine. Right. Because it's, uh, you're on the same team and we have to understand yes. that we're not enemies, right? Yes. <laughs> we are on the same team. And that's the thing that uh, we got to keep in mind. That, that is actually one of my mantras where me and my wife are seem to go in the wrong, go in the wrong direction. I'm like, baby, we're on the same team. Same team. <laughs> we're on the same team, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a little uh, stop gap there. Glenn, yeah. Akila. I mean, we don't have any problems, so. <laughs> All right, now. This is not oh, a comedy man, show, bruh. How many years um, else did it get? <laughs> honestly, you know, all the answers that were given, we agree with. Um, uh, what Rochelle touched upon was something that came to my mind was humility. Mm -hmm. And um, specifically, especially when there's one person that falls, especially when I'm in fault with something, one thing that quickly calms the situation down and brings resolution is acknowledgement and confession. So if, you know, if I am wrong, I go to her and I'll listen, you know, I probably said something that was wrong. I probably um, said in the wrong tone or something of that nature. And I put a little bit of my business out there. Um, my wife and I, we were in Georgia at the time, some years ago, we were at a lifestyle center uh, working with my uncle at my uncle's lifestyle center. And um, we were having a study or something like that. And I said something, I responded to her in a way that was, in a way that was just rude, right? So not too many people picked up on it. It was, I guess, it wasn't like, like blatantly rude, but it was rude enough to where my conscience was stricken afterwards. And I was irritated at something, I forget what it was. But anyway, the Holy Spirit, you know, touched my heart and pricked my heart. And that night I confessed, I told her, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. And the next day, um, because it was public, I, you know, we had worship the next morning and I told everybody, I was like, you know what, I misrepresented Christ. I, you know, wronged my wife and then I, you know, I, I need to apologize to you all for that. And so what I find is a great, uh, great means of bringing resolution is actually acknowledging when you've done something wrong and humbling yourself um, and willing to to do that so you can actually bring resolution in the house. I agree with the points about, I agree with that the Bible says, agree with that adversary quickly. <laughs> so, or let not the, you know, the sun go down on your wrath. And so it's very tempting to be like upset 
and just to go to bed and be like, okay, and then just sleep it over. But who knows if you're going to wake up the next day? Who mm -hmm. knows if you're going to wake up the next day? So you don't want to put off resolving something. Um, I believe God wants us to like, re do things quickly. And also, when you're trying to resolve, um, the Bible says a soft answer turned away wrath, but grievous worse or uh, contention. Uh, a lot of times, I think that you touched upon already, but I agree is that, you know, when you're trying to resolve something, make sure you control your tone of voice. That, that tone of voice tone of moves voice. To, to, mm -hmm. to, resolu to resolving things. So those are some things that I've learned in, in, in bringing peaceful resolutions. Yeah, like that. Uh, one thing that we we uh, thought about with this question was just going to God's word and studying what God says on whatever topic you're having a, a difference about. So a lot of times it's not necessarily like a heated argument, but you have difference of opinion on a certain standpoint, and it's uh, you know something that is very large, uh, and so you know, just going to God together and praying and studying that topic together. I think sometimes you may forget to to do that. It doesn't seem like something that comes to your mind right away. Like, okay, let's just study it out and see what does God say and surrendering whatever your opinion is to what the word of God says and being willing to do that. So, yeah, that's something that we thought about. It's something that we can incorporate. Uh, you know, going forward with those difficult decisions and different difficult points that we, we have a difference on. All right. I I don't think I asked Brandon and Sharetta this, so you guys help us. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I want to just um, offer one uh, addition onto what has been shared, and I think that it was you know, a little bit shared a little bit in Rochelle's answer but it was about um, giving each other the freedom to have a timeout uh, from discussing the issue. I think that's really been uh, a tip that has helped us a lot in our conflict resolution. Um, I'm the type of person who wants to address things like immediately, like it's in the moment, let's talk about it. I don't care how you're feeling, like we need to talk about it. And so that's like, that's just my, that's my personality and I've been working through it, the Lord's been working through it. Um, and for Sharetta, you know, her approach is she appreciates having time to reflect, having time to, you know, think and to just process um, what took place and process her emotions and, you know, along, along the lines of what Rochelle said, like just get her thoughts together. And at, in our relationship, I've learned the importance of having that quality time away from a particularly maybe aggravating situation to allow one another to spend time in prayer, right? To be consecrated to the Lord and to um, understand how I may have contributed to this conflict and, you know, vice versa and so on and so forth. And that, I feel like that healthy space away from that conflict and then, you know, allowing us to identify a time to come back and to discuss that um, under a different circumstance, I find that it oftentimes helps out tremendously to ease the emotions that um, can typically, you know, rise up and be involved and then also just to provide you with the, the time that is needed to have clarity on, you know, like perhaps after that time out, I understand, you know, I really, I'm really not as upset as I thought I was about this particular issue, right? And it gives me just that opportunity to kind of be a mature person and to process my emotions. Um, but yeah. 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 And two quick things to add to that. So with having a time out with saying like, let's table this for a second, let's take some time to pray and think about it. You should definitely always agree 
to a time where you're going to come back and talk about it. So, you know, sometimes if we have a disagreement, it's like, look, after Stephen's bedtime, let's talk. And we agree that we're not going to, because I think sometimes timeouts can become unhealthy when a couple says, I'm just going to give you the silent treatment. That's not, that's not a healthy timeout. That's, that's, actually a very very bad way of communicating you want to be sure that you you set a time to say like look this is the space it's the amount of time we're going to give each other let's resume or like let's come back together at this particular time so you want to set a time the second thing i was going to say is i actually want to kind of zoom out a little bit because the thought came to mind when you asked the question and i, I was just like the way that i respond to my spouse in a conflict begins before the conflict even happens. Mm. And what I mean by that is a lot of times arguments can blow up. A lot of times disagreements can become much bigger because of the patterns and the things that have been set before that even happens. So I think um, it was Rochelle that shared or yeah, I think it was I think it was you guys that, that shared about um, you know, how to communicate in a healthy way, like being free uh, to talk about um, how you feel and what upsets you. But in order for that to happen, you have to have a healthy, transparent space in your relationship to even begin with. So when your spouse or when your significant other is talking to you about something, how do you respond? Are you, res are you dismissive? Are you rude are you do you make them feel down do you make them feel little those little things add up to the way that you respond in the conflict if i can't have a normal conversation with you about my day it's going to decrease my trust to be able to come and tell you how i really feel inside mm -hmm. sometimes there are couples that struggle to say you know this is what bothers me or this is what's bothering me or, this is what's ha what's happening because they can't trust that when they tell you you're going to respond in a loving yeah. healthy way so i just wanted to zoom out and say like you have to think about how do I even communicate or respond to my spouse in general? Do I, I create this space where they feel safe and where they feel like they can really share what's on their heart and what's on their mind and it's not going to be received in the wrong way and it's not going to be judged or put down or made me feel little because of what I'm saying. I know for me a big thing with our communication is um, I really don't like when I feel misunderstood <laughs> and I'm working through it. But if I feel like I'm explaining a point and in my head, it's really clear and you, you come back at me in a way that makes me feel like I'm not understood. That just makes me shut down. Cause I, I, I'm not going to, it's the New York on me. I'm working in it, but it just makes me feel like I'm going to shut down. I ain't got nothing else to say. I said what I said. If you don't understand it, I'm moving on. And, um, that's why I, I, <laughs> I said the Lord's working on me, but, <laughs> but that's why I think it's important that that healthy communication is there before the conflict even happens so that when it happens, you feel safe and you feel that it's a trusting place for you to really share and be honest and work through that problem. So, Man, I hope folks are listening. This is some good stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, this is some good stuff. Okay, I have... We're running out of time. I have a question that's actually two parts. The question is, how important is it is to study your spouse? Number one. The second part of that question is, how have you, how has that study benefited in understanding your, your spouse? So you, you, you're gonna share, you know, this is, what we, this is why it's important. And this is how we did it. And this is what I know about 
Brandon, or this is what I know about Rochelle now. This is what I understand about her that I didn't understand before in that practical application. So this time we're going to start with Brandon and Shreda. What have you been studying about me? <laughs> um, why is it important to study your spouse? I think this goes back to what I said earlier. It's because your spouse is continually changing. And, you know, I look at it as like, I'm the, I have the closest relationship to him than anyone else on this earth that will ever have. Like after God, like I'm the closest person to him. And I believe that God allows that not just for us to have love and happiness, but also for me to pray for him for those areas that I see that no one else might see. Um, and to just also be attentive because it's that attentiveness that really makes us feel love. When we know that like someone pays attention to something that we really like or that's important to us, we feel special. So that's why I think it's important to, to study our spouse and to continue to do that. I know for me, I, had, I forgot what year it was, but I think it was like close to your birthday, which is also coming up again. And someone asked me like, oh, what should I get Brandon? And I was really like, I don't know. I don't know what he would like. And that hit me because it was like, wow, like somebody's coming to me asking me something that, for, for a suggestion of something that my husband would like, and I had no idea <laughs> what to tell them. Mm -hmm. And that was like a wake-up call for me to say like, nah, you, you should at least have one or two things in your pocket that you could say, oh, he really likes this and this. And when I realized that, that's when I felt convicted to really be more intentional about paying attention to him. I think my husband, he can, he can definitely say what I like. Um, and so I want to be able to do the same if someone were to ask me, you know, what are the things that Brandon enjoy, enjoys to do and that sort of thing. So um, I realized that, and I will say that when I, when I am intentional and paying attention, um, he's happy. So that's, the, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, I, I think I also believe that, you know, the, the question about why should you study your spouse kind of ties back into what I said earlier about that courtship never stopping. Be I mean, like many of us can like connect or many of us who are American can like, connect with that experience when like you were in the initial stages of your, of your relationship and you're just like looking at your like boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're just like looking at them just like, what is she like? Like, what is what is he what does he like to do, you know, after work? Like you were just like constantly asking these questions about this other person to just learn more about them and to watch them and just to, you know, um, I mean, just like get to know them, right? And you know, like in marriage, like I feel like we have to continue those practices because like that's what keeps that relationship constantly in that oneness and constantly like knowing one another, not just, you know, intimately, but just also like intellectually, like I want to understand you more and more. And also, you know, in line with what Shredder was saying about just each other being a different, you know, constantly progressing, I think, in, in our walks. And uh, we want to make sure that we are just, I think, I think keeping up with that pace of, at which our relationship is growing and our relationship is developing and understanding that my wife, you know, like, she we weren't we weren't um fully plant-based when we first started our relationship right like we were vegetarians transitioning over into vegan and so like we like you know our diets have dr dr drastically changed over the years like what we eat so like some of the stuff she used to like she don't like anymore right and so like she's changed and like that's what i feel like that's why i feel like it's important to study your spouse um how has it helped us in our relationship i would say that it's made um 
it's made our relationship, I think, much more um, Christ-like. I think I, our home is much more peaceful um, because I, I recognize how my my wife, I've listened to her, and I've been, been intentional while actively listening to her about what she appreciates, you know, from me when it comes to things around the home or how she appreciates me to show her, you know, love and show her affection. And like, I think that in the beginning of our relationship, you know, I, I primarily like received love and through words of affirmation. And so I would just oftentimes give her what I, what I, how I receive love, right? I'm probably just, I'm, I'm oftentimes just gonna, you know, you know, just belabor her with all these words of, of affirmation, all these words of building her up. And after a while I realized like, that's not really speaking to who she is. And so as I began to study her more and we began to talk, I began to listen. I learned that you know, like just these acts of service is really how, you know, my wife, you know, likes to be shown affection and how she, you know, receives and internalizes love. So that was a big thing for me to be able to not just, not shift away from giving words of affirmation, but understand where my emphasis needs to be and how I'm loving and serving my wife. Um, so wonderful. Monet Kalina. Yeah, so it is it is absolutely important um, for us to study one another. Um, especially the more we do that, the more we realize um, what each other needs. Um, because the more we understand what each other needs, we can fulfill the needs of one another. And the more we are able to fulfill those needs of one another, the, the happier that our home becomes, the happier that our relationship becomes. And so it is very important for me to be able to study Kalina because she has a language. She, she understands how she, how she understands love and how she communicates love is very different from how I understood love and how I communicated love. Mm -hmm. So in studying, it made me very open to who she was. And I had to submit myself and submit my, my understanding to what she is used to and what she understands a little bit more. And so it doesn't, it, does, it doesn't remove my individuality. We're not saying that you're gonna study somebody else so that you become, uh, you become them, right? But I'm still my person, she's still her person. But as we study each other, we know what each other loves, we know how each other operates, we know what makes each other angry, we, we know what makes each other happy. And so therefore, as a result of that, we can be able to have a smoother process the more we learn one another in our relationships. And, uh, and I can say like, for example, Kalina, she, she loves to, she loves acts, you know, she, she loves you to be able to do something for her, right? Uh, words, she, she, she's not into a lot of words, right? She's into a lot of, she's into things, you know, you, she wants she want you to do like um, anything surprising, anything tangible that she can see, that she can feel, then she, she loves that. That's what she loves to do, right? But for me, you know, growing up, you know, in a different background, um, just by saying a word, it was okay, it was enough, right? If you just said, I love you, it was enough. But for her, that, that's not enough. So I'm like, what do you mean? So you don't understand, you know, I love you. She said, no, you need to show me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. All right, so these are some cues, right? These are some cues. So when she says that, okay, I'm like, okay, take notes, you gotta write it down. Okay, you need to show it. So now I have to make effort. <laughs> I have to make effort now to show it. Because if I don't show it, then it becomes problematic. Then she says things like, then you will hear things like, oh, so you don't really love me? Like, of course I do. But, but, but you know, so there's confusion, right? And so as a result of studying my wife, I know what she loves, I know who she are, I know what, you know, I know what really surprises her and what 
gets her to to smile and to laugh and to and the more you do that the peace the more peaceful the home becomes and and especially the home should be the, the most beautiful place on the planet, right? I always say that home should be the most beautiful place. If you don't want to stay home because of your wife or your husband, then something wrong. Something is seriously wrong. But we want home to become such a beautiful place that wherever we are, under a bridge, in a tent, on, on top of a tree, uh, on top of a mountain, we can be loved, we can love one another and we can experience what it means to truly have heaven on earth. Amen. 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 It's really, it's really a beautiful thing. Marriage is a beautiful thing, especially for me. I'm a social being, so I appreciate somebody to socialize with, a companion, somebody to finish your mind. You know, it just. All right. It looks like they got frozen. Then makes it easier for our relationship mm. and there's there's nothing cookie cutter but there are plenty of principles that we can draw from the bible yeah. and um from spirit of prophecy but because of my character it's a lot easier for me to just uh make him happier for a lot of things also for instance when it comes to food or choices of food where to eat and things like that yeah, babe, whatever you want. It's just easier. <laughs> and that's how, that's how ours work. But where, uh, where do you want to go today? What do you want to do? How do you want to prioritize a day? It's for me, for my character, it's just easier to just give him priority. And this is something I, as his wife, has settled in my mind and in my, in my relationship with him because it functions. It functions between me and him. And so it stopped being a, a hassle for me or it's not, it's, it's not being problem, problematic. So for a lot of things, I'm just like, yeah, babe, whatever you want. Yeah, babe, whatever, however you want, what, what do you want to eat? So there's a lot of little cues to look into, you know? And um, ultimately, the easier it is, the easier it becomes because you are just finding the way of how to uh, avoid the battle. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not cookie cutter. You, you, it's, it's a day in, day out task and seeking and, and submitting to it. Awesome. Wonderful. Glenn and Aquila. Um, as I'm listening to the answers, I'm, I was reminded of something. So as I said, I'm an aspiring general contractor. So I do chiefly a lot of remodeling work. And after every single project, one of the things that you get accustomed to doing is siding down or looking at your project from far away to make sure everything's level, everything's straight, everything is fitting and everything looks right. So um, you get into the habit of observing and making sure what you're doing is right. So, you know, it kind of answers to the question of the, the purpose of marriage when you asked me and I said to reveal God's character. Um, you know, if you look at God and before he created man and before he created woman, so, um, after that and gave them, put um gave the marriage um, prior to creating man he literally created a whole landscape that was pleasing to man and mm. that was it was for him and so you see God's character and truly when you look at Ephesians 5 it talks about love husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church um, you know when God loves us I mean he literally creates an environment or uh, things that would actually minister to us and make us happy 
know what I'm saying? Nobody, most people that are worthy and um, worship God, they go outside, they see the sun, and they don't know it, but they're actually happy because they see the sun. They're actually sad when they see the clouds. So it's just like you see, like in creation, like God is ministering to the happiness of mankind. Mm. And so, you know, as we're, as husbands and spouses, you know, wives to the husbands as well, um, it adds to the level of intimacy to kind of bring us closer together when we study each other. We kind of see what it is that pleases each other. And there's always something else to learn about. Just one like uh, Brandon Spritter was talking about, you're growing. And so you just got to continually adapt with your spouse and go on to the different stages of life. And so I think that the reason why it's important to study your spouse is just so that you can grow together. And also something that I thought about as well is that when the Bible talks about the two shall become one, you know, that takes time. You know, uh, you definitely you, you go to the marriage altar and you say I do and so on and so forth. But it's like you're growing year by year into becoming and blending into one. So that just takes time and it requires the study to pay attention to what makes them happy and to blend your lives together. So that's what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I think as uh, many as are, have already shared, it just increases the happiness in the home yeah. when you're paying attention to what each other, uh, you know, like. And when I think about the word study, it's very, it shifts the focus off of self and puts your attention on someone else. And so if you're studying someone else and studying to see it, you know, what would make the other person happy, then you're not thinking about what would make me happy, you know, or why is he doing this to make me happy or this annoys me or whatever. And it's, it's not about yourself, but it's about the other person. And every time you do that, it's just a law of nature. I believe that it brings us peace. It's, you know, everything that is good also ministers to us. And so when you think about it, like uh, when people are perplexed, when they're going through a rough and a difficult time, when they take that time out and actually shift their focus and attention on ministering to someone else's needs, it actually brings them peace. Mm. And so, you know, it's just, a law, you know, of God that that happens, you know, that it works out that way. That when we're actually ministering it and not self-focused but uh, other focused, then it actually promotes the happiness within the home. So that would be Amen. my answer. Amen. Amen. Good word, Luce Rochelle. Well, um, I, I'll say that. Um, one of the things that I do um, is, I don't know, I, I, my wife will tell you, um, I'm a romantic guy. So, um, so there were, you know, there were a lot of things I did before we got married, you know, um, and I like to keep that up in marriage. And so, um, so for me, like, you know, as I'm looking at my wife, I, I you know, I, I, I try to look for those things that um, I try to look for those things that'll make her, make her happy. Um, I want to say that just for our viewers, because there's a concept that's, that's being promoted that they probably are unaware of. And that is, is this concept of love languages. And, uh, I know, um, Brandon and Shreda, they were the first to talk about it. I heard, um, as well, um, Monet and Kalina talk about it. 
And it's this book written by a guy named Dr. Gary Chapman. And the concept is, is that there are these five love languages and we don't all have the same one. And in any case, I, the reason why I think that is important is for the very reason that Brandon and Sharetta brought out, which I won't go over again, outside of the fact that we don't all love in the same way. Uh, we don't all receive love in the same way. And sometimes you may be trying to love somebody in a way that they don't necessarily receive love. And so, um, and one of the reasons why I'll end it by saying that I think that it's, it's, it's important because um, outside of dealing with the concept that it makes your spouse happy, it does also, it's also a, a conflict resolution method as well. Because when you study, you know, when spouses study each other and you see certain trends, um, it kind of helps you to avoid them, right? Because it's like you, you study to take a test, right? <laughs> and there are going to be different tests that happen in the marriage and you want to make sure you study and so you pass the test. And, and the beauty of it is, is that sometimes you can see a certain trend of how the enemy likes to, you know, the Bible says that we shouldn't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Mm -hmm. So when you get used to how the enemy likes to kind of, you know, cause triggers, you can actually stop it before it gets too far. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a way I, I react or maybe a way that she reacts. And so I think, I think you can look at it from two sides, one side in making each other happy and on the other side, avoiding things that would affect the happiness. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add, maybe not to, to part of the question I asked, why is it so important? I think that in life, it's very easy to get busy. I know for me, I feel like I'm always running around doing something. And sometimes if I don't stop and the Lord doesn't say, okay, Rochelle, slow down, it's easy to take the other person for granted. You know what I mean? Because you're running, you're doing this, you're doing that. And so I think this concept of why it's important to study the individual, why it's important sometimes to maybe mentally just kind of pull away and, and stop and check yourself. And, you know, have I, you know, in the busyness of me returning emails and doing that, you know, have I stopped to smile? Like Uche's always playing around. And I'm always like, no, I got work to do. And I'm just kind of focused and head down. And the Lord has to pull me out of that to say, hey, you know, he's always reminding me, Rochelle, you know, it's not about getting things done. It's you really have to be mindful of people. So I think the why, at least for me, because I know my personality, that little Martha kind of running around it is really being mindful that you don't lose sight of those um, tangible touch points, you know, so that you don't take the person for granted in doing life. You just end up just doing life and not really enjoying life. So I think it's important to do it for that, for that reason as well. Amen. Now, my friends, it's been an hour and a half. I cannot even, like, time has flown. I know you have other things to do, um, but I would just thank you guys for coming on and sharing what you have shared um, I usually give you guys the opportunity to give your final thoughts, any last words you would like to give anyone that's listening. And I will start with Lynn and Akila. And you guys got like a, a minute, maybe. All right. So just between the two of you, a minute. Uh, final, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, this is a broad question here. <laughs> final thoughts. You know, marriage is a, is a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful experience, and I believe in order for it to, for you to make it a success, you know, the, it begins with just having your own personal relationship with God, obviously, and just going into it with a desire not for selfish reasons, but understanding what the purpose is for, and surrendering that decision to God, you know, surrendering 
if it is his will for you to be married and, you know, just carrying that into your marriage. So uh, that's one of the things that I would, I would share, you know, anyone who is looking to get married and are considering the question of, of being married. Uh, yeah, I would just add to that that you know, those who are considering marriage, consider your relationship with God first. Um, I know a lot of people; uh, it's probably a prominent thing in people's minds to get married. But I think that young men, young women need to have a relationship with God first, because if you're looking for a marriage to do something for you that Christ alone can do, and you roll that burden on someone else, the marriage is going to be a very sour marriage. And so I would say that it's something that we should consider is our relationship with God first and ensure that that is solid. You know, you know, obviously we're all growing. So perfect. So being, you know, complete and all stuff like that, that's a, that's a growing process, but make sure you know who Christ is first, and then you'll be able to join your life with somebody else without rolling a heavier burden on them than they were supposed to bear. Amen. Michelle. I mean, Uchelle, I, I put both your names together. You guys are one. Praise God. You guys are my. You know, I would say that uh, just quick comment. Final thoughts is um, marriage is serious. And because I believe, you know, I've told my wife divorce is not an option. So we're going to work this thing. I don't care what yeah. it is. So. Um, so my, my advice to people is before you get married, um, number one, really be seeking God. Don't, don't be seeking what, what you may want, seek what God wants. Um, and, and with that, you know, I, I completely agree with, with um, uh, Glenn and what he said. Um, don't look for marriage to make you happy per se. That happiness has to come from God, even when your spouse is making you happy. That's God working through them. Mm. And so, so, so anyway, I, I would really, really, really say because marriage is, is serious business, don't take it lightly. Really, I, I mean, really, really be careful at every step asking God for, for, for wisdom to make sure that you're making the right decision because it's a decision, in my opinion, for life. Yeah, and I just echo that. I think the spirituality of the person you choose that's going to be the number one determinant of how happy the marriage is because problems will come it's just natural part of life and if a person isn't committed to god first it's going to be easier for them to jump ship <laughs> when things get rocky so make sure that you seek out the spirituality of that individual first awesome one kalina hey man yeah i mean god first God first. Um, understand who you are in Jesus. Understand your purpose in the Lord. Understand your mission of why God has called you. Um, because you are going to bring a lot of issues into a relationship if you don't. If, if these things are not found out um, with God at first. And so it's very important to have that close relationship with the Lord, to, for God to guide you throughout every process, throughout every step of the decisions that you make, and even understanding your responsibility to God, even, after, even as you marry. Never forget that you are still responsible to God. You're still responsible to who God has called you for and who God has called your family for and the purpose of your family. So God, your family, and then things come after, right? And sometimes, you know, we can get so busy into put in work or put in things or put in 
other things above what God has really called us for or the relationship that you should have with your spouse and with your partner, with, with who God has called you to be with. And so it's absolutely necessary and important um, to realize that uh, we have to keep God center and first. And the closer we, we, we draw to God, the closer we come to one another. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's, I mean, I can testify for that in my personal life. The closer you are to God, the closer you are um, with your wife or your husband. Yeah. Young creatures. The beauty, man, I tell you, children is a beautiful thing. Yeah. home is a desolate place. <laughs> All right. Well. All right, so it's like mama's, mama's been taken away, so we're going to go to uh, Brandon and Sharetta. Sure. Uh, so I, I just want to build on what uh, everyone else has already shared and just offer a thought around uh, the, there being wisdom and, and counsel. Uh, I think that if someone is interested in um, pursuing marriage and, and getting married, um, talk to people who are currently married, you know, like, you know, get a realistic perspective on what, you know, on this commitment that you're looking to, you know, have with somebody else and, you know, maybe find a couple who's willing to pray with you, willing to, you know, meet with you, talk to you, engage you, and maybe this other person that you are um, are in a relationship with or whatnot, but just really pour into you and, and kind of help you, you know, understand some of the intricacies that we've kind of gotten into tonight. You know, I feel like having this type of exposure before marriage is so invaluable and it just really gives you an insight into that foundation that you'll need to have a successful, have a happy, have a lasting marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just believe that like, there's, a communi- there's, a, there's a need for a community um, for, for, for those who are seeking and looking into marriage and desiring to know if it's in God's plan for them is to really learn from those around them um, who are married or who are you know, maybe modeling the, the, the character of, of God from what you can see in their own marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and to add to that, to those who aren't married, just like Brandon said, seeking counsel, the, um, just gaining as much information as you can, but also surrendering because sometimes we think we know what we want and we pursue based on what we think we want. But God, this process of the person you will unite your life, the rest of your life with is so deep that I think it truly requires a surrender to God and a trust in him to give you all that you need. Not just what you think, not just what you think is important, but all like the things you can't see five, 10 years from now that you will need in a spouse. He's the only one that knows how to give it to you. So I definitely tell the unmarried or those who aren't married yet to surrender, really, really surrender to God's will. And to those who are married, um, definitely, Uh, continue to learn and grow with other couples. Um, This was a blessing to me to hear from everyone. And there's nothing more refreshing than feeling like you're not going through something alone. Like someone else somewhere can relate to what you're going through. Someone somewhere else might have a testimony that can bless you and be, you know, so beneficial to wherever you might be. Um, We all want to feel like we're normal and that we're not alone. And so um, definitely seek out relationships and friendships with other couples and listening to resources like this podcast that Brother Waller does on these topics every week. Definitely do that um, to continue to grow in, in your marriage. Amen. And this has been rich. And you know, I sent you guys questions. And we we probably did what four of them, five of them. Four, I counted. Yeah, <laughs> counted four, right? Four, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so we we're gonna have to do this again, right? We're gonna have to do this again. 
And uh, there's so much more, you know, there's so much more that can be covered, that can be spoken about. I love everything you guys said. It really touched my heart. It's, it's, it's definitely, I know my wife's over there saying amen. She's like, amen. Tell my husband, you know. <laughs> I know, I know she is. Um, but I just, I just want to thank you guys for, for sharing and being open. And um, I know you guys don't mind people reaching out to you for questions through email and things like that. Because um, I know there's people that, are, that have questions and, and want to grow in their relationship. So uh, you guys don't mind doing that. You know what? Let's, let's end this with a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Um, and let's just bow our heads. Our Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your love and mercy. And for the privilege that we've had, Lord, to, as family, just gather on this, on this technology, Father, and share our experiences with each other and with those who are listening. I pray, Lord, that the seeds of righteousness that have been shared find lodging in the heart. I pray for those relationships that are under discouragement and under the attack of the enemy. I pray that you send angels that excel in strength to set up a hedge around those relationships for the devil hates the reality of unions between two parties, Father. I pray, Father, for these couples that are on the screen, for I know the enemy hates the reality that they've shared the gospel via their own experience. And I pray that you send angels that excel in strength to, to heal their own hearts and to strengthen their resolve as they are seeking to be one with you and with each other. Father, we thank you for this privilege. We thank you for the opportunity of prayer. And we thank you for the wisdom that comes from above that you're willing to give to all men and women. We pray this in the name of Jesus, and we claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. 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 All right, so those of you who are listening, some of you are asking, can, um, is this being recorded? Is It is being recorded. Uh, the video, I don't know when I'm going to be having that available, but the audio is going to be available tomorrow morning on our podcast, which is called The Gospelpreneur, so you'll be able to have that. This video is also going to be on this Facebook page, so you know the Facebook page, you just scroll through it. Those of you on the webinar, I'm, I have our, everything archived, so I'll send you the links as well. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. God bless. Appreciate God bless. the love. I'll be, I'll be back back back. very soon, all right? All right. God bless. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.